Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, everybody. Hope you are having a great Friday. It is Inauguration Day. It is time for the transfer of power. Some of you have been looking forward to this. Some of you have been dreading this. But regardless, it is a historic day. Things are about to change. And I'm not going to talk in detail about the inauguration itself. Well, I am, but I'm also not. I'm not going to cover the events of it so much. We're just talking about how it's going to play out because if you're listening to this during any of our rerun slots, it's going to be very old news. So uh, if you're listening with us live, though, the inauguration is uh, just about two hours away. I believe the swearing-in time is officially set for 1230 uh Eastern time, so it'll be 9.30 our time. The ceremony itself, I think, begins at noon, but the actual swearing-in should come about a half an hour into the ceremony if I've got my my reading done correctly. So, if you would like to watch Donald Trump become the next president, uh, you can do that. It's going to be streaming on ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. Basically, if you have cable, you have zero problems watching the event. You can probably, in fact, I know for a fact that you can turn on pretty much any station right now and watch the events unfold because there's a there's a live stream. You can go to foxnews.com and they've got a little... Uh, it's actually distracting me so much right now because normally if I wasn't working, I would be watching this happen all day long because it's history. It doesn't matter if you if you don't like President-elect Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if you don't like President Barack Obama. I watched, I watched for hours on both of Obama's inauguration days. It's just a historic, historic event. Uh, so they started out the day they were at St. John's Episcopal Church. Oops, something is happening on the live stream video. The, uh, the Trump started out at uh, St. John's Episcopal Church across from the White House. They then went over to the White House where President and First Lady Mich- President Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama met uh, the Trumps getting out of their motorcade. Melania Trump handed Michelle Obama a Tiffany's box, which President Obama had ferried inside before they took their group picture. They're now in the White House together, presumably having a conversation and waiting. We're waiting now for them to emerge uh, from the White House. So that's what's happening right now. But if you'd like to watch, uh, if you'd like to watch the whole day, happen you can do that if you'd like to just watch the inauguration you can do that pretty much any of your networks on uh, on cable are going to have it uh, the online counterparts for those with cable access if you have a cable subscription you can stream it online on your favorite uh, favorite network um, if you don't have cable or access to a television the white house whitehouse.gov will also be broadcasting a live stream on their official site YouTube is going to have it on uh, on Telemundo, Bloomberg Politics, The Washington Post, uh, ABC and NBC, The White House's, uh, I already said The White House, Twitter is going to have a stream, 
and Democracy Now! is also going to have a stream. So, let's see. What else do you need to know about this? Um, so here's what's, here's what's happening today. All right, so at uh, at n- nope that at 9:30 a.m. I already talked about that. That's what's uh, going down right now. At 10:30 a.m. Eastern time, so in about uh, 20 minutes Pacific time, this is when if you want to watch and you haven't been watching, that might be when you want to turn on uh, your television. The president and the president elect and their wives will ride together over to the Capitol. Then at uh, 8:30 a.m. Pacific time, the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies uh, will begin. Uh, it's it's festivities. The U.S. Marine Band is going to be playing the Play Rude, pl- Pray, Prelude, also known as the President's Own. The Marine Band who will be playing has roughly 130 musicians. If the ceremony follows tradition, inauguration announcer Steve Ray will introduce the past presidents, the families of Trump and Pence, and the congressional leaders that are in attendance before announcing Pence, and then finally the man of uh, the hour, Donald Trump. Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri is going to conduct the call to order, delivery welcoming remarks, and then following his remarks, Cardinal Cardinal Timothy Michael Dolan, Reverend Dr. Samuel Rodriguez, and the New Destiny Christina Center's Pastor Paula White Kane will deliver the readings and invocation. In an interview with Catholic News Service, Cardinal Dolan shared that for his reading, he chose uh, Wisdom, Chapter 9, Solomon's Prayer for Wisdom in Leading Israel. The program will continue with a musical selection from the Missouri State University Chorale. So, <laughs> yes, there is some some interesting things happening in there. Paula White is going to be doing the invocation, and uh, the Cardinal is going to be reading from uh, Catholic Scripture. So, if you're, if you're watching and going, wait, I don't, uh, huh? There's, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Vice President-elect Mike Pence is going to take his oath of office from Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. This is a brilliant move because if you if you watch or uh, or ever see interviews with Clarence Thomas, they're very far and few between. Brilliant legal mind, but uh, he does not really speak in arguments during the Supreme Court. He hardly speaks at all. So now we're going to hear from him perhaps more than you have ever heard from him before. After Mike Pence is sworn in as the 48th vice president, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir will then perform, making it the sixth time that they have sung at an inauguration ceremony or parade. Then Donald J. Trump will take the presidential oath of office from Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. The Marine Band will then play Hail to the Chief, and Trump will receive a 21 gun salute. He will then deliver his inauguration speech. It is said that he has written it himself with the help of his policy aide, Stephen Miller, and that it is going to be short. After his speech, Rabbi Marvin Heer of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, Reverend Franklin Franklin Graham of Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and Bishop Wayne T. De- Jackson of Great Faith Ministries International are going to wrap things up with some readings and benediction of their own. Then to conclude, 16-year-old Jackie Ivancho will sing the national anthem. She was a runner-up on the show America's Got Talent. After the inauguration at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, so that would be, what would that be? One other... 
11 a.m. Pacific time, Trump and Pence will attend the congressional lunch, which is a tradition and has been tradition since President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Then at uh, 2.30 Eastern time, so, oh, I'm getting, no, one would be 10, so 2.30 would be 11.30 Pacific time. The president and vice president will conduct a military review at the east front of the U.S. Capitol. Then at 3 p.m. Eastern, so noon Pacific time, President Trump and Vice President Pence will join the inaugural parade down Pennsylvania Avenue from the Capitol to the White House, leading a procession of over 8,000 parade participants, including veterans and active members of the military. Uh, Steve Ray and the CEO of the Presidential Inauguration Committee, Sarah Armstrong, told CNN on Monday the parade will last an hour and a half, which is actually shorter than parades of the past. Then at 7 p.m. Eastern Time this evening, so 4 p.m. Pacific, there will be three official inaugural balls in Washington, D.C. The two main balls will be held at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center and the invitation-only salute to our armed services ball in honor of the military, first responders, and other service personnel will take place at the National Building Museum. Fun fact, I don't believe this has ever been done before, but uh, Sean Hannity will actually be broadcasting live from one of these balls from 10 uh, Eastern Time through midnight, so from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. If you've ever wanted to see inside a, get an in-depth look inside a presidential ball, inaugural ball, you can do that. Uh, Hannity will be on Fox News with that. And then to wrap things up, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, the uh, Trump and Pence families will conclude the inaugural festivities by attending the National Prayer Service at the Washington National Cathedral. All right, so that's what you can expect. That's what's going down today. By the way, uh, Mr. Trump is going to set the record for the most prayers ever given in an inaugural ceremony. Uh, This is from McClathyDC.com. President-elect Donald Trump will set a record with the amount of prayers during his inaugural ceremonies on Friday. Trump, who is starting the day at St. John's Church for a service at 8.30 a.m., will have six religious prayers as part of the ceremony, three invocations, and three benedictions. That's a record, according to Jim Bendit, the author of Democracy's Big Day, who is speaking on CNN Friday morning. The first invocation is scheduled for 11.21 a.m., and the final benediction is scheduled for 12.14 p.m. Trump will be sworn in using both his... Oh, well, I don't want to... We're not going to get to that yet. You're going to give away what my next story is. So, um, where did my stories go? I just lost some taps. It uh, So, President... Trump is going to be sworn in on both uh, Lincoln's Bible and his family Bible. Mike Pence, though, his swearing in, this is a great piece that was in USA Today that I want to go over. Mike Pence's swearing in is full of symbolism by Maureen Gropp. Vice President-elect Mike Pence, unlike Donald Trump, won't address the crowd after he's sworn into office on Friday. Instead of a speech, Pence has two other ways to send a political message. He's chosen conservative Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, a man a few words on the bench to administer the oath of office, and he will swear the oath with his hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. Reagan is the politician who inspired Pence to leave the Democratic Party of his youth. Pence made continuous references to Reagan throughout the campaign, including arguing that Trump has much in common with the great communicator. And he told USA Today on Wednesday that he finds himself drawn more and more to Reagan's vice president, George H.W. Bush, as a role model for the job of number two. 
Because then, as now, there was a transformational leader, he said. It just informs me that the last administration that revived the country and literally changed the world is a good place for me to look for an example of a vice president who supports a president like that. Reagan also changed Pence's life. Raised in an Irish Catholic family, Pence's early political heroes were the Kennedys. He was a youth coordinator for the Bartholomew Bartholomew County Democrats and voted for Jimmy Carter for president. Pence doesn't know what it was that later made him connect with Reagan, but there was something about the man, he said. Uh, I don't know if it was the fact that he was an, uh, an Irishman, his Midwestern roots, but he inspired me. Reagan biographer Craig Shirley isn't surprised by Pence's feeling of kinship with Reagan. They both came from the Midwest. They are both very firm conservatives in their convictions, but very gentle in their manner. And they both got their start in radio. Reagan's first job out of college was as a radio announcer in Iowa. Pence was a radio talk show host for much of the 1990s before his 2000 election to Congress. One of his favorite stories, one that he says his children have heard a thousand and one times, is how he met Reagan during an unsuccessful bid for a House seat in 1988. I felt like I was talking to Mount Rushmore, he said in one of his many retellings of the encounter. By the time Pence made it to Congress more than a decade later, however, he felt like a late arrival to the Republican Revolution. But Pence remained guided by the principles of a strong military, less government, less taxes, and traditional moral values during his 12 years in Congress and four years as Indiana's governor. Once Pence became Trump's running mate, one of his favorite campaign events was traveling to the Reagan Library to draw comparisons between Reagan and Trump. Pence was given the rare privilege of being allowed to work out of Reagan's last office as he finished up the speech that he would deliver that September day. The most straight-talking candidate since Ronald Reagan is running against one of the most dishonest candidates ever, Pence said in that speech. Both Reagan and Trump, he said, share the same broad-shouldered leadership and common-sense conservative principles. Shirley said there are similarities between Reagan and Trump, but there are also a lot of differences. Both were outside status quo uh, candidates who were threats to the establishment, but Reagan campaigned and governed more as a philosophical conservative, Shirley said, whereas Trump didn't campaign in the traditional American conservative style and not in the Reagan style. She noted, Reagan's children spoke out against Trump during the campaign. Both Michael Reagan, a conservative, and Ron Reagan, a liberal, said their father would have been appalled by his candidacy. The Reagan family Bible that Pence will use Friday was owned by his mother, Nell. It's Nellie. It's kept under bulletproof glass at the Reagan Museum and is the first artifact a visitor sees. You can't miss it. There are some comments written throughout the margins of the book, put there by both uh, by both mother and son. Reagan used the Bible for his inaugurations as governor and president. With with the book open to this underlined verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Heal their land, Second Chronicles 7.14. Shirley said it was one of the Reagan's favorite verses. That's in part why Reagan chose that passage. Pence, who describes himself as a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican, in that order, coincidentally closed many of his campaign speeches with those words. It's an ancient verse that encourages people to pray with the promise that God will hear from heaven and heal their land. So in addition to Reagan's Bible, Pence will also use the Bible he opens every morning. Pence personally called Clarence Thomas to ask him to administer the oath. He said he admires Thomas's philosophy and his courage on the bench. When he takes the oath, Pence told Fox News Sunday that he will be thinking about what an honor it is to stand next to a man who I know can restore and revive this country. I'll also be thinking, as the grandson of an Irish immigrant, what a great country this is. So there you have it. It's a great story in USA Today. There's so much stuff that you can... 
it's a historic day. History is happening today. And it's amazing. Oh, my my live stream of the inaugural festivities has gone down. Well, alas, it will uh, it will return, I am sure. Hey, I just uh, had someone text me and ask that we pray for uh uh play, pray for if you're here in Las Vegas and you attend Liberty Baptist, then you probably know uh, Bliss Smith. Bliss is having a uh, a procedure done today, and her husband Brian texted me and asked that uh, I would mention it and that you all would keep her in prayer. She is headed back for the procedure, which is happening uh, right now. I'm not sure how long that will take, but uh, if you all would join me in praying with her, that would be that would be great, which I will do during the next break. So our thoughts and prayers are with Bliss Smith this morning as she goes in uh, for that. I uh, also wanted to mention that uh, if you haven't heard yet, Mario Giannini, <clears throat> Mario Giannini State Farm Insurance is one of our sponsors here at KVXL. They offer all types of insurance, including auto, home, and life insurance, many more. If you have something that can or should be insured, they can help. And if you mention KVXL when you call them... Uh, just for a no-obligation insurance quote, they're going to donate $10 to Experience Liberty Radio. And you can reach their team at 702-982-3300, and we'd like to thank them for their faithful support of our weekly programming. So here's what's going to happen uh, in the rest of the show today, because it's kind of a uh, a different type of a day with the inauguration. I'm trying to figure out how to balance between uh, keeping it relevant for those of you that are listening live this morning and keeping it relevant for those that will be listening later uh, today. Um, what we'll do is we're going to take a break. When we come back, well, okay, here's what's going to happen in the break. I'm going to play a song, and then I'm going to play highlights. It's a highlight reel of famous moments in inaugurations throughout when we've been able to record audio from inaugurations. It's really cool. So I'm going to play that for you. And then we'll come back. We'll do some trivia. I'm going to give something away today because it is Friday and we are still going to do our our fun Friday type stuff. So we'll have a, a fun Friday segment when we get back. And then after that, we have Billy Hallowell from Faithwire. He's going to be joining us towards the end of the hour. Uh, and uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing from him this inauguration day as well. So we'll start off, let's see, we'll go to uh, Lauren Daigle with Trust in You. Then we'll be hearing some famous inaugural moments. And then we'll be back with some fun Friday things and we will do a giveaway. Keep listening your prayers as she goes in for that procedure and uh, don't go away. I, George Walker Bush, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Fellow Americans, ask not 
what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Eight years from now, America will celebrate its 200th anniversary as a nation. And within the lifetime of most people now living, mankind will celebrate that great new year which comes only once in a thousand years, the beginning of the third millennium. If we succeed, generations to come will say of us now living that we mastered our moment, that we helped make the world safe for mankind. This is our summons to greatness. Because we are free, we can never be indifferent to the fate of freedom elsewhere. You and I, as individuals, can, by borrowing, live beyond our means, but for only a limited period of time. Why then should we think that collectively, as a nation, we're not bound by that same limitation? We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. Our unity, our union, is a serious work of leaders and citizens and every generation. And this is my solemn pledge. I will work to build a single nation of justice and opportunity. We remain a young nation, but in the words of scripture, the time has come to set aside childish things. The time has come to reaffirm our enduring spirit, to choose our better history, to carry forward that precious gift that noble idea passed on from generation to generation, the God-given promise that all are equal, all are free, and all deserve a chance to pursue their full measure of happiness. That was highlights from President Inaugural Addresses over the past, uh, oh, let's see, it started with Franklin Roosevelt, so what would that be? Mm, 80 years now? That's amazing. The Wall Street Journal put that together. It's just a con- a compilation of, of different presidential speech highlights. I love it. So inspirational. I'll probably share it on Facebook, so you can go see it there. Facebook or Twitter, at The Friddle. It's just a historic day. It's a fun day. It's a good day in our country because today we get to witness what people all throughout history and people even today all around the world wish they could experience a peaceful transition of power and the and the appointment of someone that the people have chosen to lead them. And you may not have voted for the president that's going to be sworn in today. You may not have voted for the last president. But as a whole, as a people, this is who our country has chosen to lead us. And as such, Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and their staff and their support team deserve our respect and deserve our prayers. That's what God calls us to do. Not because Donald Trump is some great individual or because Mike Pence is some great individual or because any one of their staffers is some great individual. No, but because of the positions that they will soon hold. That is why we respect them. And honestly, I I have been impressed thus far with who they have chosen to put in their cabinet. For the most part, there are some that I find extremely questionable, but I'm not going to get into that today. Maybe we will next week. There there are a couple cabinet picks that I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all, and I don't know where they came from. But 
across the board, generally speaking, I think he's they've done really a, quite a good job. And I think that we can be optimistic about moving forward and we can be optimistic about potentially seeing our, our tax code simplified. And if you pay taxes, paying less in taxes. I think there is now hope for us to to reduce our debt and reduce our deficit and actually have a balanced budget for the first time in I don't know how many years. It's possible now. I think that we have a lot of possibilities that we haven't had in quite some time. <laughs> Depending on your political leanings, you would probably disagree with me in how long of a time that has been, so I won't go there. But let's just say that uh, there's a lot of potential for a lot of good things to happen. But I don't think that those good things will happen if we who love Jesus don't pray earnestly for this incoming administration. Because power has a tendency to corrupt. And good intentions don't always equal Good policy. So rather than riot or fret or worry, why don't we pray for the president-elect and his team? Why don't we pray that God would use them to do good things, regardless of what you think or don't think of them as individuals? They're going. Donald Trump is going to be the president. It's going to be his cabinet. Republicans control Congress. Why don't we pray for good things? Just like we prayed for good things when President Obama came into office. Regardless of who is serving in that position, we can always pray that God would use them to do good, both in our country and and in the world. It's not that difficult. (laughs) You don't have to like the person to pray that what they do would be a blessing to you and your family. Really, it's kind of selfish, but it's okay. All right, so I promised that I would take a break and do some fun Friday here. So let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm going to give away another one of uh, Shanti Feldon's books, The Kindness Challenge, because I think this is just so pertinent for right now and where we are in history and what's happening and what may happen around the country today um, with, with with this transfer of power. But the book is 30 Days to Transform Any Relationship, and it's just talking about essentially renewing your mind, changing the way that you think about what is happening around you and how that can improve your interactions with people in your life. Really, really good book. And you can win that today. Here's how you can win that. Ready? You can win by answering today's trivia question. And to answer today's trivia question, you can send us a a tweet at KVXL Radio. You can comment on our Facebook page at KVXL Radio. Or you can call. You can be the first person to call 702-647-4522 with the answer to this question. Only two presidents have walked in the inaugural parade from the Capitol building all the way to the White House. Now, the answer is not... I'm going to give you a hint. It's not George W. Bush. It's not President Obama. They walked briefly. But there are two presidents that walked the entire route. Route. Whatever. (laughs) Who were they? Let me know, and you can win today's giveaway, which is the Kindness Challenge by Shanti Feldon. 30 days to improve any relationship. 
Okay, so let's get to some fun stories since it is Friday. Then we'll have Billy Hallowell. We'll wrap things up. We'll talk a little more about uh, Donald Trump's incoming and the inauguration. And then we will get uh, and then we will get you on your way. And you can go watch if you're listening live. You can go watch uh, the president and uh, vice president get sworn in. This now um, less than two hours away. Less than two hours away. All right. So first off, the Puppy Bowl is coming. You may be thinking about the Super Bowl, or you may not really care because your team is no longer in the running, or you may only care that certain teams lose. Wherever you fall in that spectrum, there is one thing that you can be excited about for Super Bowl Sunday, and that is the Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl is just very fun, and it's puppies, and who doesn't love puppies? If you don't love puppies, then basically you're not an American, so I'm not even sure why you would be caring about the Super Bowl at all, ever. But this is from MSN.com. Three disabled dogs are joining America's annual Puppy Bowl this year, bringing a special kind of roughness. Roughness is spelled R-U-F-F-N-E-S-S. To the celebration intended as an antidote to the nation's Super Bowl football extravaganza. A hearing and sight-impaired Australian Shepherd, a deaf English Pointer, and a Terrier born with three legs are among the more than 80 puppies from 34 U.S. shelters and rescue groups that were brought to New York for the taping of the game. We've got a three-legged dog named Lucky. And I don't mean that it's cool that she lost her leg, but I think it's really cool that she's out on the field playing with the big boys. A lot of people didn't think she could do it, but she tried it, and we just saw her play, referee Dan Schneider said on Tuesday. Producers of the Animal Planet TV show said they shoot hundreds of hours of footage for the show, which features puppies chasing soft toys and each other around a toy football field, which promotes adoption awareness. Shatner said the team's fluff and rough will be subject to some extra fouls this year. This year we've got illegal use of the tail, which we're bringing back, and truly offensive pass interference, and of course we're referring to odor not to offense, he said. Cheering on the teams will be six rescue rabbits and five guinea pig cheerleaders. The TV show will air on Super Bowl Sunday, February 5th, on Animal Planet. It's just fun. The Puppy Bowl is just fun, and they're puppies. It's so cute. And three-legged dogs, the dog park that I take on my puppy Liberty to, there's uh, there's two three-legged dogs that are there all the time, and it amazes me. They get around as good as the other dogs. Now, they hop and they run a little differently because they only have three legs, but I, I've been amazed by these dogs. They're they're incredible What how, how they adapt to only having three legs. All right, this is from uh, the Huffington Post Good News site. There are now bouncy bands that help kids focus in the classroom. This is by Taylor Pittman. A creative solution to helping kids channel their energy during the school day has gone viral. On January 9th, Becky Rangel, who works in public relations for Gravette Public Schools in Arkansas, posted on the district's Facebook page about something that caught her eye in a classroom. While visiting Jennifer Merriman's fourth grade class at Gravette Upper Elementary, Rangel realized there were large bands stretched between the legs of each desk. She also noticed something as soon as she walked in the door. The first thing I noticed was how calm and quiet her class was, Rangel told the Huffington Post. Wrangle asked Merriman about the bands and learned the literacy and social studies teacher had found them after researching alternative seating for her classroom. The bands are called bouncy bands and they help students stretch their legs and move while they work. Merriman raised about $450 uh, and bought a band for every student desk in her room. And she told Huffington Post that since she's implemented them a month and a half ago, she has seen an improvement in her students' ability to concentrate, focus, and take direction. According to the Bouncy Band's website, the products promote active learning with appropriate ways to release anxiety, energy, boredom, and frustration. 
Wrangle noticed that some kids do this by using the band to move their feet as they learned. Others simply rest their feet, and some don't use them at all. She thinks it's an efficient setup for all students since they have the freedom to use the bands if they'd like, and if they do, it's not distracting. You don't notice anything going on below the desk, she said. It doesn't make any noise. These kids are able to fidget without disrupting anything. Wrangle posted a video of the bands in action in the classroom on Facebook, where it's been shared more than 99,000 times as of Wednesday. According to Wrangle, other teachers at Merriman School have also seen how the bands have affected students and have started their own campaigns to raise money to buy them for their classes. I think this is a great idea. I think anything that helps kids learn better and, uh, and be able to use some of that energy, especially uh, young men, to put one of these under some boys' desks and let them be able to stretch and fidget without it being a distraction, I think that's great. Channel that energy into these bouncy bands. Great idea. Great idea. I love it. May end up getting some for my nephews. Maybe for Christmas. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's do one more and then i got to take a break. <coughs> Excuse me. This is also from MSN, actually. Singapore artist... This title just blows my mind. Singapore artist knits ramen noodles into edible creations. I don't understand how that's even possible because if you have ever opened a package of ramen noodles until you cook them, they're like hard as a as a cement block. So how do you knit these things? Cynthia Delaney Suito knits with food instead of fiber. As Munchies reports, the sing the Singapore-based artist stitches cooked oh okay they're cooked cooked ramen noodles into long tapestries, laboring for hours over each slippery segment until an edible creation is complete. Suito's projects are purposefully time-consuming. The artist purchases noodles at the supermarket, boils them, lets them cool, and then spends between three and four hours knitting the soft, narrow strips of dough into eight-inch sections. Suito says her work makes an artistic statement about society's obsession with immediate gratification. Instant noodles are supposed to be very instant. I'm doing something very slow to it, she says in a video. So by using this instant thing, I've actually made the process of knitting slower than it should be. Suito's work has been exhibited at various Singapore galleries, including the Brother Joseph McNally Gallery and the Institute of Contemporary Art Singapore. In addition to her ramen tapestry, Suito has also created an art installation called Instant Noodle Specimen, which imagined what archaeologists of the future would think about the food. The food, that's a, that's a very loosely used. And a project called Noodle Confessions, for which the artist pasted crowdsourced memories of eating instant noodles onto ramen packages. There is literally a video of this woman stitching together or knitting together, whichever, ramen noodles. You can go and watch it. Just Google uh, knitting ramen noodles and it will be right there. You really, you kind of have to see it to believe it because it's a wow. Just wow. Anyhow, we're going to take another break. We'll be back in just uh, about three minutes, and we'll have Billy Hallowell here. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the inauguration coming up very, very soon, and then we will get you on your way. Stay with us. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM. And welcome back. We're wrapping up our Inauguration Day morning show with Billy Hallowell. He's a senior editor over at Faithwire. Billy, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I've been. Uh, it's really hard to watch the live stream of what's happening with the festivities in Washington while you're live on the air. I'm not sure if you <laughs> have ever tried it before, but uh, it's 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 not easy. 
I'm trying to write articles while I'm doing it, and it, it is not. I keep muting it and then putting it back on. And, <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage, right? <laughs> it really it is. I don't. I don't think people appreciate what we what we go through in these moments. <laughs> well, it's hard, yeah, because you, and you also just as an American want to enjoy it, want to watch it, want to have a chance to, regardless of who it is, and. I think, unfortunately, this time what we're seeing is a lot of chaos um, yeah. and consternation, which is also clouding some of this and making it a little more complicated. But um, I love watching the country do what so many other countries in the world don't do, which is have a peaceful transition of power. And so yeah. um, you know, that, that is what we can all hopefully respect, regardless of where people stand. Yeah, and that's exactly, you know, normally when when we're going to be having you on the show, we're just going to talk about some big stories of the week. But, you know, since it's Inauguration Day, I think we just pretty much have to talk about this in the 10 minutes that I have left here today because it's, what, now less than two hours away, give or crazy. take? Yeah. It's crazy. And, and you know, the festivities, as you said, you, you know, we're watching right now the Supreme Court uh, justices coming in, and it really is just an amazing sight, the entire thing. And I think, you know, it's bizarre to watch somebody who uh, was on The Apprentice and who's been a businessman That's we've true. all known about for years become president. It's really a strange, only in America, and I know people would say this disparagingly in, in some ways, but I, I think only in America can you have that sort of life, and I and I find it completely fascinating, and I'm intrigued to see where we kind of go from here. Yeah, it is really interesting, because if you think about it, the past uh, few presidents, at least, were not necessarily, obviously, with, uh, with George W. Bush, we knew him because we knew his dad, but a lot of these politicians, they just rise up, and unless you're from their state, you, you don't really hear about them or know who they are until, oh, Here's somebody running for president. And you're like, oh. But with Donald Trump, we've all known him forever. Like, I grew up watching Home Alone. Donald Trump is on Home Alone. Like, right. there's <laughs> there's never been right. anything so like weird, this. It's weird, right? It's so it is. strange. And look, it was an ugly – it has been an ugly year. The past you know, 12 to 18 months have been, have been horrific and ugly and awful. And we can only hope that there is some light at the end of the tunnel in terms sure. of – coming together. I think the next week is going to be really hard. I think Saturday is going to be a hard day um, with the protests that are going to go on. And I know there are people, I know people on both sides of all of this. And, and so, yeah, I think as Christians, you try to you try to look at it and say, okay, well, how do we best respond and engage? And um, even then, there's a lot of debate. So it's been, it's been interesting, but history is being made. Yeah. I, we've never, whether you hate Trump or like Trump, and none of us should hate anybody, but dislike him rather. <laughs> um, I think, you know, oh, we're seeing some hate, hate out there. Though. But, yeah. but we're seeing somebody become president who there's no precedent for. We haven't seen this happen before. He's the first person with no military or political experience to... Mm-hmm ever become president and so whether that's a disaster or a great thing we will we will find out or somewhere in the middle and we can hope for the best i think yeah and i think and i talked about this earlier in the show towards the beginning so for the people that are just tuning in now it doesn't it really doesn't matter like you said about who it is that's being sworn is the fact is that this is this is a historic day like i watched for hours uh, when president obama was sworn in both times like i always watch it just because regardless of what you may think of the individual or if you voted for them or if as you said you quote unquote hate them it really doesn't matter they're going to be president and i think you know at some point do we reach a point where we say you know what uh, he wasn't my first choice, or maybe I don't even like him, and maybe I legitimately believe that he'll destroy my life in this country, which, by the way, I don't. I'm just uh, hypothetically. <laughs> but is there? do we reach a level where we say, okay, 
maybe we just give him a chance. Maybe we just see what he actually does before we we all panic. We've reached a crazy town level. I mean, part of the part of the country, and, and not to sound divisive, and I've been accused of being divisive for saying this, but I'm no. hearing people say insane <laughs> things. I mean, yeah. look, yes, Trump said problematic things. Yes, Trump has has you know allegedly done things, but he's said things that that have hurt people's feelings, that have bothered people. That I would say I would that I would say I don't think are right at moments, mm-hmm. but. This is the person who we have elected who has won, and, and there wasn't an angel on the other side of the aisle either, and that's why we ended up where we are. We had two very difficult candidates, I think, for a lot of people. But yeah. but to, to assume the country is going to implode, people are going to – I mean, it's, it's almost like this inability to respect – and I actually have a whole theory that might not even be legit, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think we just live in this social media world where everybody assumes their opinion – matters so much. And I don't mean that meanly because our opinions do matter. But I think to the point that if we're not going to get our way, we're going to have a huge temper tantrum and meltdown that's going to extend 60 days past the election. um, And then refusing to accept a legitimate, and I know there are people saying it's not legitimate, but a legitimate election. And look, if information comes out that proves otherwise, then then we deal with it. But as far as we know right now, Donald Trump won fair and square, and so yeah. I just I think we need to have a level of respect that we just don't have, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that, but culturally it's a big problem. Yeah, and we, we have to respect the office regardless of who fills it. I mean, there were a lot of people that didn't vote for President uh, Obama that didn't approve uh, of anything that he was going to do, but you know what? He was the president, so we respect him because he's the president. Do we have to agree with him on everything? No, but we, we, we choose to respect him because of the office that he fills. Exactly. And, and this whole not my president thing is so silly. It yeah. was wrong when and if any Republicans did it. It's wrong now when there are Democrats and even maybe some Republicans joining in. This is the president of the United States. And for better or for worse, he needs to be given a chance. And we need to hope that he's successful. I feel like there's this right. un- underlying hope that he's a failure. And, 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 and that's coming out of fear. And I get that. I understand why certain people might have fear. But yeah, we look. We should not have fear. I would assume, and I would say, having interviewed Trump a number of times over the years, having met with him uh, with a group of evangelicals before the election, that I I think there are two different Trumps. I think there's the public Trump, and I think there's the um, private Trump. And I know people have a lot of issues with that, and and I, maybe as Christians we should. But I think we actually heard Hillary say that you have to have two different positions on everything. Mm. She also said that. So this is the nature of politics. I think the private Trump who will probably be the one who governs, uh, is not the boisterous um, person that we saw on the campaign trail. And my hope is that, you know, I hope we get some relief in this country and that people feel like they can be put at ease at some point soon because this isn't good for anybody what's going on. Yeah, and I think there's there's two levels of that. There's one where I have I have some friends that are that are well, shall we say leftist and some of them are are literally just freaking out. I mean, multiple times throughout the day, lengthy Facebook posts just literally they cannot like they're they're losing their brains over this. And I'm going, "Okay, but in the position that you're at, I, I know how you're doing financially. I know where you work. I know what your status in life is. And Donald Trump becoming president will literally affect your life pretty much in zero ways. And in fact, your life possibly could get better if he is able to reform the tax code. And that's that's the only way <laughs> that it will really affect you. So you need to just calm down and see what happens. And second, like you said, 
this this idea that even especially those on the right, like Donald Trump was not my favorite candidate in the primary. That is that is everyone knows that if you know me at all. I, I had a lot of lot of things to say about that, which I'm not going to get into now because now he is going to be the president and now I will support him because of the office that he holds. And I hope that he will be successful, not because of who he is as a person or because that I agree with everything that he's ever done or said, but far from it, but because he is going to be the president. And quite frankly, I think that what we've seen so far and who he's chosen for his cabinet and some different things that he's done, I think there's reason to be optimistic that he could do some real good. I think there's a, a deep sense that um, and this is really fascinating, that Trump is, is a loyalist. He's really loyal to the people who are loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned his pick. I mean, Betsy DeVos. There, there's some people here who are pretty evangelical, pretty Christian. Yeah. Um, and, and I've actually heard that by estimates, this end up being the most Christian administration in terms of the people in it yeah. um, that we've ever seen. And look, even even the prayer service that's going to unfold tomorrow um, the, mm-hmm. the national uh, prayer service is what it's called. That happens every you know, every cycle. We've seen this happen since George Washington. At that event, there are more evangelicals speaking and involved in that event than that have ever been involved in it. So we are seeing, and I don't think that's because Trump is a huge evangelical, or I think most of us, I don't think anybody believes he's a pastor. I think we all kind of get <laughs> what's going on there. But, but what is happening is that there's influence of people who he trusts for whatever reason and who have been loyal to him, and he is being loyal to them. Mm-hmm. And that some people don't like that. Some people are disgusted by the alignment of evangelicals with Trump. I tend to see it as a moment of desperation at one point of, of thinking, okay, we're going to lose the culture totally if Hillary's in. And so people aligned with him, and they, they saw somebody who was going to help. I, I actually think we've seen him follow through on some of those pledges, whether or not he believes all of those things that, that evangelicals believe. Yeah, and I believe, I read uh, earlier today that this inauguration will have more prayers, more benedictions than any inauguration in history. So as yeah. you said, it's 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 really interesting to see what he's doing and where he'll go with this. And I think it's important that we uh, that we give him a chance. But, uh, okay, I want to ask you about one specific story, and then I'm going to have to let you go here. But um, Trump met with Martin Luther King the third, I believe it was, earlier this week. Tell us about that, because obviously we started the week with MLK Day. What, what went down with that meeting? Yeah, so that meeting, and it's, it's interesting because there were progressive civil rights leaders, including MLK the third, at that meeting. And really, obviously, symbolic in many ways, because it was happening on uh, the day that we honored his father. But he took a lot of heat for meeting with Trump. But they talked about voting rights, which I think is obviously this is a huge issue uh, for a lot of people. And, and there's a lot of debate surrounding voting rights and, and, and having a national ID. Um, there are actually some really interesting ideas that MLK spoke with Trump about, we can assume, because we know that MLK the third believes strongly that maybe Social Security cards should have images, our faces on them, so that mm. people who can't afford IDs, we all get Social Security cards we then would have our photo on those cards. And so the whole argument would then end about whether or not you should have IDs, since everyone would then have one. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of different ideas. But Trump heard him out, met with him, uh, and met with some others. And I think I think that's a powerful testament, whether or not people believe he was exploiting them or whatever, that both sides can come together and can have a discussion. Um, and to me, it's a reason not to be afraid. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, here we have Trump doing this. And for those who, you know, there's a lot of gays and lesbians. I have, you know, a couple of friends who are just so afraid that their rights are going to be taken away. I don't really think Trump is somebody who stands firm on conservative sure. uh, values on that front. So it's just interesting, the whole thing. It really is. It is. It, it really is. Well, Billy, I'm sorry. I've got to wrap things up. Where can people find you on uh, Facebook or Twitter? And let's plug Faithwire again. Facebook.com slash Billy Hollowell or Twitter.com slash Billy Hollowell and at Faithwire.com. Faithwire.com. All right. Well, happy Inauguration Day to you. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your watching. I'm going to go uh, hopefully do that here in, in, <laughs> in just a few minutes. But uh, don't tell anyone except the, our friends that are listening. All right. Thanks, Billy. You too. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio here in Las Vegas. Hope you have a fantastic inauguration day. We'll return you now to our regular programming and we'll see you back here Monday morning, 7 a.m. Don't miss it.